What are the benefits of cloud computing? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with David Finn. He's the Health IT Officer with Symantec. David, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Now, in a previous conversation, we talked a little bit about cloud computing and healthcare, and I want to pick up on that conversation and ask you to start with today. So let's say that a healthcare organization has embarked on a cloud computing initiative for the economic advantages. What are some of the secondary benefits that an organization might enjoy? Cost savings are often assumed to be the primary motivator, and cloud computing does offer the potential for cost savings. But most of the early adopters are finding that characterizing the return on investment from the cloud is a little more complicated than just a straight-up comparison of the equivalent on-premise in the cloud-based scenario. So you really have to look at total cost of ownership of the on-premise versus the cloud-based solution. In addition, your provider should be giving you the tools for doing that. You'll have to validate uh, the assumptions, and some tools will let you build the assumptions. But the the trick in looking at cost is making sure you include all your on-premise costs, and that that means power, that means cooling, that means all the FTEs, system administrators, your backup people, and and the software licensing. Uh, and so once you get past the benefit, you start to get to the, the good stuff. And I'll talk a little bit about some of the things we're seeing. Uh, agility. Uh, many of our early adopters cite agility and time to value ahead of cost as their primary reason for moving to the cloud. Uh, in a lot of cases, an equivalent cloud-based services available that can, our, uh, can offer lower upfront costs, but more importantly, faster deployment. So they're getting the solution deployed faster. That's, that's agility. Flexibility is another secondary benefit we, we hear very often. And this is kind of related to the agility, but it's also related to the need for IT groups to scale their capabilities in response to changing business requirements. Uh, so by leveraging cloud-based services, IT can be more flexible in meeting user demand uh, with their staff and their resources. Uh, in healthcare today, I think the, the biggest reason to start looking at the cloud uh, for for options, for other solutions, is, is what we call portfolio rationalization. And that's that's a big phrase, but what it really means is that you rationalize your IT service delivery portfolio. In particular, you want to ensure that you're dedicating your resources, and that is trained IT staff who knows your business, your environment, and your users, and you're dedicating those resources to the applications and the services that are most critical to the success of your organization. And and that requires those people who, who know, as I mentioned, your users, your environment, your your situation. So most providers today are very focused on getting their EMR in and ICD-10 and HIPAA 5010s. And, of course, you've got, I'd be remiss if I didn't say the word meaningful use and health information exchange. So functions that are less mission critical to your organization 
or which the organization doesn't have particular expertise. These are the candidates for cloud-based alternatives. Free up your resources to dedicate them to what you really need. Well, a couple of follow-up questions for you, David. And one is, I've heard a number of people say that cloud computing can play a significant role in helping a healthcare organization to manage its risks. How is that possible? Well, software as a service and even infrastructure as a service vendors and, and other cloud providers who are managing end-user data need to address a whole range of issues around security and data privacy and ownership. And for health IT professionals who are considering adopting cloud solutions, security is and should be top of mind. You can move a lot of things to the cloud, but responsibility for protecting your organization's data isn't really one of them. So depending on the data you're storing, your service provider may become a business associate. And you want someone who knows what that means and is prepared to accept that role and the responsibility to provide the same or better security and privacy than a covered entity. Regardless of which services your organization may move to the cloud and which vendors you work with, you're still ultimately responsible for ensuring that your information is secure and that sensitive information remains private. Data location is not guaranteed by most cloud service providers because they often use other cloud vendors to support their offering. So if your organization is planning to put data into, a, into an external cloud, you want to make sure that your organization performs data classification analysis prior to moving corporate data or patient information to a cloud service provider. You have to look at data sensitivity, trust levels, as well as regulatory and compliance issues to ensure they're, they're satisfactorily addressed. And to ensure security, all that data in transit and at rest should be encrypted. So the, the short answer, after I've given you the long answer, is this. It's still your patient's data, but by moving information, particularly large volume stores, uh, to the cloud and assuring that the data is secure, encrypted, backed up, and accessible to appropriate users on demand, you've unburdened your IT department of a lot of ongoing capital and operating expenses. And you've been able to assure a very high level of security and reporting on that data without using any of your shop's budget or resources. So I, I think that's one way you, you can shift that risk out of your shop. A similar question, David, is how can cloud computing help a healthcare organization to achieve its goals in business continuity? Oh, this is, this is a great question, and you have to start by differentiating between business continuity and disaster recovery. And I think everyone gets the disaster recovery aspect. If your data is in the cloud and geographically disparate data centers and, and encrypted and you have a disaster, a total disaster and an entire data center at your site is lost, you can still get that data back quickly, relatively quickly. Business continuity is keeping things going, uh, keeping things up and running while you've got a local issue that is impacting business, but you can't stop seeing patients. 
So, for example, if you've got your PACS images and reports in the cloud, but the PACS or maybe even just the PACS long-term storage locally is down, maybe you've got an upgrade running uh, longer than anticipated, or there's some issue with the, the storage, but you know it's going to be back in a few hours. You don't want to declare a disaster and send patients home. A, a cloud DICOM store would allow physicians to access those images and those reports. might take you a few more seconds than going through your own packs, but it's far preferable to, to shutting down. So there's a lot of benefit around just kind of routine business continuity efforts with a cloud solution. David, we've talked an awful lot about providers and about business associates. There are so many cloud computing options that are available to an organization. Given that broad menu, how can a decision maker really go about finding the best fit for their organization? Okay, so we, we've identified that cloud is really a new model of IT service delivery. And we know there's some good things about it and some things that need a little more attention. But but how do you deal with making the move to the cloud with, without having your head in the clouds? I think that's your real, real question. So it gets down to an issue, what are the criteria for even assessing a cloud option? And I think the most important thing, and I've seen it time and time again in talking with customers, is you have to acknowledge uh, the concerns of your IT staff and your users. Offloading IT operations to a cloud service provider gives users the opportunity to improve their organization's business processes and the effectiveness of their workforces, particularly the, the IT group. And because the cloud can scale IT services on demand, it also powers a new degree of agility, which we talked about a little earlier, for business innovation and opportunities. But these are some of the issues I, I, I want to run down that I think really need to be acknowledged. And one is fear. And the typical concerns about cloud computing include fear about the data being transmitted and stored in a cloud, keeping it safe, preventing it from being lost or stolen. You have to look at how the costs compare to continuing to provide IT services the old way. But you have to acknowledge that there's fear about letting control, letting letting that data go somewhere that you're not responsible for, and that leads directly to the second fear, which we see a lot in IT departments, and that's a loss of control. For a lot of healthcare providers, surrendering direct control of any part of IT is very difficult, especially for core services. And organizations are also used to controlling solution implementations to precisely meet requirements. And, and that's going to be a little bit different with the cloud solution. The other thing, and it's a legitimate concern that needs to be addressed as you're, as you're making selection decisions, is vendor lock-in. Organizations worry that they're going to be locked into one cl cloud provider's Services and some users may delay adopting the cloud until they can easily move from one cloud vendor to another. And so the, the users not only need to be flexible, but you as an IT person looking at this need to make sure that you're not locked in, that it's possible to move that data. And frankly, in the cloud, it should be easier to move that data. 
And then you want to leverage your existing IT in phases. So you're, you're wise always, but with the cloud, it's no different. You're wise to take a phased approach when rolling out a cloud solution. You want to, you want to pursue, pursue those quick wins, the quick, low-risk projects when moving to a cloud. And, and then those are some of the different things you need to look at. And then you need to systematically weigh your business requirements like with any IT acquisition. You'll, you'll want to look at your business requirements and how they are met by a cloud-based solution. Uh, cloud computing is fundamentally a shift in how we think about IT services. And the new focus enabled by cloud computing is on defining the services you want and the parameters in which they need to operate. And this clarification allows the organization to appropriately and efficiently pair in-house capabilities with the right balance and the right mix of cloud services. And, and then you're going to look at things like you would with any IT application or any IT service. Uh, the advantages of the cloud versus in-house. You're going to have to look at security. You're going to have to look at shifting risk. You're going to have to address policies and processes within IT that may be impacted when you move to the cloud. You're going to have to look at regulatory compliance and even your data management governance or IT governance structures with this. You always want to address resiliency and high availability and DR with any solution, whether it's cloud or in-house, and you want to do that up front, and, and then data availability in general. So those, in some ways, there's some things you need to acknowledge and recognize up front. In many ways, it's traditional IT deployment, and you're going to look at, at most of the same things that you would with any IT solution. So taking it the next step, David, and getting into a cloud computing contract with a vendor, what are some of the details that you want to make sure you write into that agreement? I'm thinking, for instance, should you spell out a vendor's HIPAA compliance strategies? What are some of the essential details? That's a good question. I come back to treating it like any IT project. You're going to want to look at impacts and, and limitations of the cloud. You're going to want to make sure you've aligned your your organization's people's processes and technologies with the business objectives of the solution. Uh, you want to be able to describe contractually how and how much a cloud solution is going to save the business. You're going to need to raise within the organization the need for a cloud solution. Uh, we've already talked about regulatory and governance issues. Uh, you need to look at and, and contractually identify any modifications or adaptions from your IT architecture to work with the cloud services. Uh, you certainly want to have ensure adequate data protection for that data in the cloud. And, and as we mentioned, uh, contingency plans, high availability or, or disaster recovery. Uh, I don't want to write a contract with you, but I point to an, to one other source that I, I look to a lot, and that's Gartner uh, Gartner's Global IT Council on Cloud Computing. And this is a group of industry stakeholders that isn't just cloud providers, but developers, vendors, and other stakeholders. 
and each of the the global IT councils, Gartner has two of them, but but each of the councils has been tasked with developing a set of basic rights or responsibilities for the specific area of technology they address. And and the members of these councils discuss the issues in depth and very openly and and they offer real world observations about real world problems uh and and how they've been resolved. So I want to point to to Gartner's uh, Global IT Council on Cloud Computing, and they're basically seven rights and responsibilities, and and these are the things you want to address, I believe, in a cloud service agreement. One is the right to retain ownership, use, and control of one's own data. You want to make sure you still own that data. Not every cloud provider does that. You want to make sure that you have service level agreements that address liabilities, remediation, and business outcomes. Uh, you have the right uh, to notification and choices about changes that affect the service uh, pro business processes. You have the right to understand the technical limitations or requirements of the service up front. You have the right to understand the legal requirements of jurisdiction in which the provider operates. Uh, you have the right to know what security processes the provider follows. And you have the responsibility to understand and adhere to software licensing requirements related to that offering. So again, it, it's basic stuff but it's going to be a little bit different with the cloud and we do recognize that Sometimes cloud providers are, are layered, so you want to make sure you understand the entire process and you have that right to understand the entire process uh, from your cloud provider. Just a final question for you, David. Given everything we've discussed, if you could boil it down to final words of wisdom for a healthcare organization, what would you tell them in terms of how they can maximize their cloud initiative? I believe that the cloud model is going to have a significant impact on the healthcare industry. It is in its early stages today, and, and that impact is going to be felt over several years as the model evolves and gains wider acceptance and adoption, and, and we learn new things about the cloud and new ways to use it. But I think this shift, ultimately, this transformation is more about the way IT services are acquired uh, than about specific implementation technologies. There's going to be public cloud offerings and private cloud services being delivered on a, on a variety of technologies and platforms. There's a quote from uh, one of the Gartner reports on, on cloud, and it says, trust is the key characteristic of the cloud service consumer provider model. And trust is one of the key enablers of the cloud model. You're going to want to partner and work with uh, providers and vendors that you trust. Uh, service consumers need to have confidence in their providers, whether they're external or internal. And along with core service level attributes such as availability and security, the service provider model introduces a whole range of issues that need uh, to, that, that organizations need to consider around things like privacy and portability and ownership of the data 
and how cloud services will interoperate in composite ways to optimize those services in your business processes. So the, 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 the words of wisdom, I think, are plan, prepare, know, and trust your, your cloud provider. Write a good contract, one that works for both you and your provider, but doesn't impose impossible constraints on the vendor. This is uh, uh, this is sharing your service delivery model, so you have to work together. Very good, David. You've been an eloquent spokesperson. I've enjoyed our conversations about cloud computing. Thank you so much. Thank you. We've been talking about cloud computing. We've been talking with David Finn, Health IT Officer with Symantec. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much. <laughs>